Welcome to Dragon Talk. Yay! Very excited to welcome you all here to the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Mm-hmm. I am Greg Tito, and that is Shelly giving a uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a really fun show coming yeah, at we do. you. Very exciting to have uh, Tom Mazenoble join on an insight check. I can't wait for That's that. That's right. My dad will be joining us. His In... first ever podcast appearance. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. He is uh, fantastic. I'm going to ask him all of the embarrassing questions uh, that you listeners want to know about Shelly growing up. Well, and we can edit everything out that he says. <laughs> that is the plan. Ryan and I already have a deal. That is, <laughs> uh, I guess you got him on free t-shirts. That, uh, the, <laughs> the yeah, deal there. so all it takes is being recognized a few times for wearing a D&D shirt. And now he's like, hey, I'm, I want to be on your podcast. <laughs> She didn't actually say. I just told yeah, him. Yeah, right. That hey, was the other way around. You'll be here. Yeah, and you'll love it. Well, that's exciting. We also have uh, two wonderful people known together as Epic Levels. Uh, they do so many fun, creative things in the hip hop music parody D and D realm, uh, as well as a podcast of their own called Mad Dungeon Podcast. Uh, but you'll hear all about it from uh, Andrew Bellary and Steve Albertson, aka Tiger Wizard and Dragon Warrior. Yeah. Fun stuff there uh, coming. But I am excited about all the fun things happening this summer for Dungeons & Dragons. Oh. Yeah, we've got journeys through the Radiant Citadel. Yes. Going into a completely new realm there. And then, of course, traveling to space. Uh, How do you mean, Greg? I, we have confirmed that space exists in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Um, I just realized that Spelljammer would actually be a setting my dad might be excited about because he can get all piratey. Oh yeah, totally. And helm his own Spelljammer. Maybe he will be friends with Flapjack. Okay, who isn't? Right, everybody is. Flapjack's actually, the coolest around. I don't. Okay, I do love Flapjack. Like, mm-hmm. love him in my character. That I'm playing loves him as well, like like big fangirl, president of the Flapjack fan club, and Chris Lindsay as our dungeon master is kind of making Flapjack like ignore me. What? And he's like every time I'm like Flapjack, Flapjack, like he's around, and I just kind of want to talk to him, get a picture, hang out, something. Chris always like makes him look at me like, ugh, it sort of hurts my soul. Aww. He's like the air supply guys uh, <laughs> pulled up next to you, and they're like, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. "Yeah, fan girls, get them out of here." <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should have played it more cool, but yeah, I couldn't hold it in. I love flapjack. How, how could you not? Uh, right. Anybody who's able to spell jam is cool in my book. Yes. Well, soon we'll all be able to spell jam. I know, right? I'm going to put some spell jam on my bread and butter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to listen to some spell jam. (laughs) Some some slow spell jams. Yeah. Now that's what I call. We can't we can't speak of anything. Now that's what I call spell jams. That that is what we call some (laughs) hints at marketing. Blah 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 blah. I'm going to flap Jack out of here uh, to talk about this amazing segment we got coming up with your dad. I'm so oh. happy he was able to be here. Yes, he's adorable. All and right, he was well, so nervous. So please, everyone, 
go easy on him. Give him a virtual hug as, yeah. as you listen to uh, to Tom Masnoble. Everyone, let's welcome Tom Mazzanoble to Inside Check. Oh, my God. My dad is here. It's amazing. I have no idea how she talked me into this. Honestly, I don't either. It's very exciting. It's very exciting to meet you. Uh, Well, actually, this is the second time I met you uh, at Alki Beach when pirates were attacking. So it's very D&D. Yes. It was very D and D, and if we were truly playing D and D, you would have actually tried to defend us instead of just wandering away and leaving your poor grandson unprotected on the beach. Oh God! Although, <laughs> although, <laughs> here we go. I will say that is, I think, your play style because I don't know if you remember, but I did teach you and Mom how to play Dungeons and Dragons because. As much as you were proud that your daughter had written a book about D&D, you clearly hadn't read it, and you didn't really know how to describe D&D to people when your friends would ask about it, and I overheard you saying things like, I don't know, everybody's a wizard, and they kill each other. Um, so we played, I don't know if you remember this, it was, it was years ago, but why don't you tell everyone what, who your character was, who you insisted on being? Well, I insisted on being a pirate based on the way you told me we had to play this game that I still don't understand. So I was a pirate sitting in the lounge at a, at a nice seaside pirate resort bar, uh, having a rum and coke. And so far, so good, very, right? Very pirating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, some grilled uh, crab cakes. Everything was great so far. You know, and then you told me, that I had to go into the dungeon, just bring my sword, go into the dungeon with 300 bad people. Goblins. And I I couldn't understand why I would do that. I still don't (laughs) understand why you wanted me to do that. I was very comfortable. There was a great band playing. The food was good. The drinks were good. And you Mm -hmm. wanted me to leave everything to go fight with 300 bad people. What sense does that make? So I refused to do it. He did. We did have to spend the first half of the game convincing him. All right, well, I rolled an 18 on this one, so I believe this inside check is, this is, absolutely uh, is all real. But what I don't believe is that a pirate wouldn't want treasure, right? Isn't that the motivating factor of every pirate is, is to get more booty? I was never, I was never offered treasure. Oh, maybe that was my fault. <laughs> I was supposed to just go down and save people. Shelly, you, you got to give them booty. No, I'm sure there was some motivation. I must have given I It was like my second attempt at DMing and I'm mm. probably maybe I forgot to say like oh there's a reward mom didn't need no, any encouragement you grew up. <laughs> just saying see this is how she grew up she what? kept the treasure whatever treasure was there she kept it and I'm you, just finding out about it now wow 30 years later you are mistaking me for my brother your son <laughs> Mike what would happen always if- deflecting always deflecting <laughs> 
I was always the honest child. I Mike was always about extortion from a very early age. If you gave him $10 to go buy something that was five, no change ever. Mm. Me, I would give you back every penny. Is that true? Uh, somewhat, yes. I mean, it's hard for me to know if it's actually true. Well, I don't know. I rolled the two there, so I believe they everything. To anything. Oh, well. Now we're turning it into a family therapy session. That's what D&D is all about. kind of what D&D is. Yeah, absolutely. So you played D&D many years ago, maybe 10 years ago or so, and you still don't feel like you know more about what the game involves. Because yesterday you asked me if, if we needed dice. So right. you, you didn't. Right. And I told you the, the only time I ever played with dice was at is at a crap table. Right. I, I don't know about that, dice and D and D. You did have you did I will assure you that there were dice involved when you played. But you just don't remember. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> That's how exciting you made it. Oh, so wow. there you go. That's a compliment. That's good. Oh, I know you took that as a compliment. I don't know compliment. if I believe that though. No. That was a backhanded compliment. That yeah. was <laughs> Um, well, well, you were my, recently, Shelly told the story that you were uh, uh, recognized uh, on the streets <laughs> of West Seattle because of your T-shirt. Uh, you want to tell that story? Yes. I received a, uh, a D&D T-shirt for Father's Day, which <laughs> I will say is the most comfortable T-shirt it I have ever had. I love oh, this shirt. Nice. I wear it all the time now. But You're wearing I, it right so now? So I was walking down Alki Beach. And I am wearing it right now. And I had so many people point at me and and say things like, oh, we just had a meeting. That we just had a game. It's Tuesday night. We play every Tuesday night. And then pointing at me like, look at the guy wearing the D&D shirt with no tattoos. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that. It was interesting. We don't have tattoos. Greg and I don't have any. No. <laughs> no sleeves. But uh, they did. Yeah, they, so they did acknowledge. They did acknowledge my uh, my T-shirt. And th- thought I was a gamer, and I did promote Shelly to every one of them. <laughs> he yeah. did. He was screaming down the street. My daughter works there. <laughs> She's got another book coming out this fall. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna have to give him some talk. Have you heard my daughter's podcast? <laughs> I'm on it. Listen to well, me. Well, now you can say that, right? You're like, I'm. I'm gonna make an appearance. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Now, wasn't it true also that for years when people asked you what I did at Wizards of the Coast, you were like, oh, she makes Dungeons and Dragons. Is it possible there's people I, out yeah. there that think I make Dungeons and Dragons? They probably think you make, yeah, the dice and the boards and the <laughs> costumes. And, <laughs> you know, whatever whatever that stuff is, yes. Well, she does make the t-shirts. I love that you got Dungeons. that at, as a as a Father's Day gift because it yeah. didn't cost Shelly anything. Oh, okay, me too. Great. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, a free T-shirt. <laughs> Happy had, birthday, son! Wow, it's not all he got for Father's Day. Okay, let's be well, clear. It was a bonus gift as well. It was a bonus gift. <laughs> he got the pleasure of being on the yeah. podcast as a gift as and well, and he gets to be on the podcast. Yeah, so exactly. now that you saw, so people were very kind to you on the street because you were wearing a D&D shirt and they were excited to meet you. And I, if you, you know, stopped and were like, oh, tell me about your game, they would have talked to you for a long time. They would have been excited to hear about Bud, the pirate that you played once. 
So does that make you think or understand like why Greg and I love D&D so much? Part of the, the community that it brings together, the friendships, the bonds. Do you understand that part of D&D a little more? It's, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's the truth. I think that is the truth. People, I would wanna, these are people... The people that stopped me, you know, like I'm in downtown Alki Beach in Seattle. You know, it was kind of neat to, to, that they all recognized the T-shirt, and and yes. I did get stopped. It was six or seven times, and the first few times, wow. I didn't know what they were pointing at and what they meant. You know, until somebody said, "We play every Tuesday night." I said, "Oh, okay, I get it now." Yes, and what you and thought was like I started a promoting rule. you. Right, that's true. So be careful, Greg. Uh, yeah, You're going to get I wrapped that's up. When in you this. Had to play Tuesdays. Yeah. Oh, every Tuesday. Every he thought Tuesday. that was like you the had to rule. Play only on Tuesdays. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> well, people have games. There's lots of rules, but that's not one of them. Yes. Um, now, I I would just like to to ponder this now because you are a very engaged father, and like especially with Mike because he was very into sports, but. You would get up at five in the morning on freezing cold upstate New York winter days to, to pack up his hockey bag and drive him to the ice rink. And then you built an ice rink in the backyard for Mike and did all sorts of things that he was involved in. Like you got into, you were both really into hockey and throwing the baseball against the house, anything like that. I like to think that if Mike didn't choose, if he didn't go in the direction of sports, if Mike somehow found himself being drawn to Dungeons and Dragons and every Friday when his friends came over to play hockey, they actually were in the basement playing D&D, I like to think that maybe you would have taken an in, a pet, at least some, some interest in D&D and that perhaps things would be different now. Do you agree? Uh, I think maybe... Maybe your mother would have. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would have jumped in on that game or not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not well, sure. you, I want to ask while I got you here, like, what was Shelly like growing up? Amazing. Uh, what was, well, other than amazing, uh, was, was she oh. storytelling? Was she, you know, uh, I think listeners would love to know about young yes. Shelly. I I think that somehow it's fate that she wound up in the position she's in now because all she did was make up stories and things. Uh, true. Like the mustard monster, Shelly. Remember the mustard monster? I do, indeed. Mustard monster? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was well, confused. Yes, she was, she, was left, she was left alone for a, a little while and the, in the kitchen and there was mustard and debris all over the kitchen. So when my wife saw it and kind of nicely questioned her about it, Shelly, what did you do? Oh, it wasn't me, Mom. It was the mustard monster. To this I mean, day. Shelly, I'm sure you could elaborate on that. I didn't do it. <laughs> How old were you? <laughs> I was like I mean, six. And to okay. be clear, like left alone, like my mom probably went upstairs to take a shower. Right. Um allegedly the mustard monster did write my name uh, several times in mustard, which is why they accused me. Apparently I was framed. I was framed by the mustard monster. Yes. Okay. Now you see, 
Is it not fate that she is where she is now? <laughs> Absolutely. Not only is that like an evocative like kid story, but like if you really think about it, that's really creepy that there is a monster that was writing your name and mustard. Like, I saw it all happen. Oh. I'm like, please, please stop, please. And he wouldn't stop. Was what was the terrible. mustard monster look like? Does it look like mustard? <laughs> Definitely yellow. Well, yeah, that goes that saying. Furry. <laughs> kind of like uh, like a Sesame Street Muppet. Like a lot of my monster friends had that. They were, they were very reminiscent of Sesame Street Muppets. And there Wait, were more. There were many more. I was just going to say monster friends. Was there several that you knew about, Tom? Did you know about many different monsters? Shelly, don't don't stop now, Shelly. Let it all come out. This is good for you. I, I talk <laughs> this about this. This is good for you. If you had read any of my books, you would have known that I do. <laughs> but I talk about this stuff all the time. <laughs> so She's got yes, you there. Yesterday, I mentioned something about the book, because like, he was asking, like, well, what are we going to talk about? And, you know, I mentioned something about the book that you and I worked on, or wrote together, Greg. And yeah. he goes, oh, yeah, uh, so uh, what, what, what book? <laughs> <laughs> what, what book is this? Well, just because you wrote so many books. You've been yeah. written so many books. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Which one? Are which you one about? was this? Yeah. yeah. So um, it's a book well, about awesome. this very podcast. And you, you are mentioned in it. So maybe you'll just skim it and looking for your name. Is this the one that I helped sell so many copies for you? No, that was the first I, one. That was going to Barnes and Nobles, that was the first one. Yeah, yes. I used to go to Barnes and Noble where her book was on the shelf, and I would move it to the end caps in every Barnes yeah. and Noble I went to. I would put it on the end caps so maybe it would sell more, and she could yep. support me. That's a thing. I, people do Didn't that. Work like even authors will go into uh, bookstores and just it. turn their books out like facing forward so they yes. can see the cover. Like I didn't know that was a thing. That's that's different. Like those end caps, like you know, publishers pay a lot of money to be right. have placement so on those the end rules. caps. I like it. So yeah, it would be like the best <laughs> summer thrillers, and yeah, it would, right. you know. There's Beach professions read. of a part-time sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll do them. He'll do that for us, too. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, getting a little bit of insight into uh, young Shelly. I'd love that. That's super cool. Tom, what uh, are you Are you excited about uh, playing Dungeons & Dragons again? Will you do it? Will you try it again? I'm probably more excited about the Yankees beating up on your Red Sox. Oh, again. turn in the knife. Jeez, I was going to let this whole please. recording go by without... <laughs> Mentioning how much Yankees why, suck. But. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. But I, but I would, but I would, because I feel so dungeon and dragony around here that I. <laughs> you can feel it. Maybe I'll try it. I'll not feel, but yeah, I, I think it's worth, it's worth a try. All right. Now I have to create a, uh, uh, an alternate version of uh, monsters like Big Poppy and uh, Pedro, and just have them. <laughs> Beat up oh, Bud the Pirate forever and ever. <laughs> Bud the Pirate and the Mustard Monster. <laughs> the Mustard Monster is there, too. Along with the Green Monster. Yes. 
That could work. They won't get a shot at me, Greg. I'm not going to go down in that dungeon. I'm going to order a piece of key lime pie now and another rum and coke. Just sat well, there. come and find you with there. your rum and coke and, uh, and and knock it over. And then sat all of a there. sudden you're in a fight. Well, my mom was like the first one down there. She ran right, didn't need any encouragement. Of course. She just went down there, guns a-blazing. And hero. was like, where is he? Why? Wait, I thought he followed me down here. I'm like, no, he's still upstairs. <laughs> He ain't coming. Sorry. Um, well, we'll bring the fight to you with those Red Sox, Will. So n- normally we would, you know, promote your your socials, but which you don't have. But I thought maybe we no. could because we do have a lot of of Dragon Talk listeners in the upstate New York area, um, where you where you reside part of the year. But you yes. also have yes. your your business warehouse carpet outlets and, and with three locations in upstate New York. One being Ithaca. Hello, Ithaca, Ithaca listeners. I told you Greg has a connection to Ithaca, too. He worked at the Hangar Theater. I did. I did for a whole oh, summer. Oh, God. And, I love that place. Um, Johnson City slash Binghamton. It's really Binghamton. And Elmira. So I do believe that you were very kind to say if, if any Dragon Talk listeners pop into any of your locations and mention Dragon Talk, they will get a better deal than, than if they didn't say those words. Oh God! That's just this is before I knew there were so many people into this dragon talk stuff. It's too late now. It but, is I out would, there. but I would honor that. I would honor. Yes. That. Use so. the code Dragon Talk when you're checking out at where? Where? What's the name of the stores? Warehouse carpet. Warehouse carpets. Yep. I need some carpets. Carpet and all your floor covering needs. It's not just carpet. So you're yeah. doing a better job at selling this than oh, he's very humble. Sounds like a commercial. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah, actually, you you used to do your own commercials. Really? He was. Yeah, I he did. used to be on TV all the time doing his own commercials. I did, but then Shelley's brother said I was too old to do them and to sit down, and let somebody else do it. <laughs> I agreed um, with him. Yeah. Terrible. Well, you're never too old to uh, uh, to ham it up, and uh, I'm glad you were here to do it with us, Tom. And that roll was great. some dice. Yeah. Well, thank you. I I rolled a one there, so I believe everything you guys have been saying uh, unequivocally as uh, the truth. Thank now. Oh, uh, it is. It's all true. We're gonna <laughs> we'll go get some lunch, uh, have some beers, and uh, wait for your grandson to get out of camp. Yeah. Uh, sound good. Beware that great. mustard monster. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. You never know when he <laughs> could strike guys, again. It was fun. It was fun. To Glad play. you could join Why, us. But one question: <laughs> Do I get paid for this? Oh my god! You get you I'll, get lunch. I'll buy you a this, beer. Do I, did the, did I do this free or do I get paid? Gratis. Yes. This was all free. You gonna do lunch? Yeah, I'll get you lunch <laughs> this time. You today. already got the T-shirt. Right. I don't know what else you could want. Um, <laughs> you already got the. Free oh, t-shirt. it was fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a good day. What a wonderful father. Aw, shucks. He's so cute. I'm going to buy him a beer. If only he wasn't a Yankees fan, he would be one of my favorite people. Yeah. But now he's well, like down a few pegs. You know, my <laughs> my brother went against him in every sport. Like, 
Just right. Mike so was like, you're, you're a Yankees fan? Well, I'm a Mets fan. Oh. Oh, you're a Rangers fan? Well, I'm an Islanders fan. Wow. <laughs> yes. Everything they're opposite on. So but, weird. But other New York teams, so it's still kind of right. regionally okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they'll still like support their home state, but they cannot support each other. Interesting. It's just, yeah, made for really interesting sports seasons. <laughs> Usually Mike's team wasn't as good as my dad's team. But you got to have some rivalries. I get that, right? That's like in your own home? Of... Like, wouldn't it have been fun just to support each, like, be excited together and have that? No. My friend, uh, his dad is a Green Bay Packers fan, and he chose to be a Chicago Bears fan just, yeah. just to have something to root against his dad in. Uh, I wonder he's if still it's a Bears more common. Fan, like, to this day, it's weird. Huh. I wonder I if it's it. more common than I think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a personality type. It Maybe. Might be. It might be. Anywho, we have two amazing creative uh, gentlemen coming on uh, the podcast next. I can't wait for this uh, to inspire you like it inspired me. I felt like I wanted to jump into creating some one-page oh, D&D dungeons and running I them based on I agree. This. What a fun duo. I was smiling the entire time. Yes, uh, and laughing yeah. and crying. Yeah. All of the emotions All. at once. So give a listen right now. Everyone, let's welcome Epic Levels to Dragon Talk! And as part of that, there are two individuals here, (laughs) as I go in the higher registers as I say that. Uh, Steve Albertson, a.k.a. Dragon Warrior, a.k.a. a whole bunch of other things. Hello. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) We also have Andrew Bellery. Hello! You are also a.k.a. Tiger Wizard, which is a very exciting uh, nom de plume. Oh, thank you, thank you, and thank you for having us on the show. Oh, yes. I love that you describe yourselves as a D&D hip-hop music outfit. What exactly does that mean? Well, we, you, Steve. Yeah, we make music as a uh, part of what we do. Musics. So, uh, <laughs> specifically, we uh, make musics in the hip-hop genre, so... Um, I would say our process is we start off with beats. We work with this uh, guy named Mason Grant, who also has a game company called uh, Gamma, Gamma Wave, Wave Games. Games. Uh, but he also does uh, hip-hop production. Then we also work with uh, Andrew's sibling, Rob, who uh, has been in many bands with me over the years, and Andrew, actually, before we got together on this one. So then uh, we get together with a uh, beat. We start thinking about what this beat means. We also have given uh, sample ideas uh, out first to kind of give us influence. Um, and then we figure out what it sounds like. So our latest singles have been uh, Bugbear Barber, which is about a uh, you know nicer bugbear who's giving haircuts to all the weirdo uh, creatures of the day. Well, I mean, <laughs> his then, demeanor uh, maybe is, <laughs> is under debate. But he definitely cuts hair. That that much we know. That's for like sure. A, a demon barber of Fleet Street type of situation. You know, Not I don't think he, I don't know for how much murdering he's doing. I think he's just trying to like bring a little bit of class to like the uh, <laughs> class of terror. Some yeah. gel to the keep on the borderlands. You know. <laughs> and then uh, bugbear barber does sound hilarious just in the title. So well done. <laughs> I mean, we're going for the fun with all of this stuff. So we also released uh, 
Dark Sunglasses, which is a uh, <laughs> song that uh, digs deep into the Dark Sun campaign, which, Wizards, when are we getting the uh, next uh, round of Dark Sun? We're ready for Confirmed. that. Confirmed. Uh, yeah, is it confirmed? I know we can't we can't tease about Spelljammer anymore. So no. <laughs> I know it's yeah, Spelljammer next uh, month. Or, yeah, so we're ready. But uh, so dig deep dark into sunglasses. older Dark Sun stuff. But then we also uh, flit with uh, other sand related uh, prod- <laughs> um, media Anything things. Sandy. Yeah, we got some Tatooine. Uh, got some arrakis in there. We got some arrakis. <laughs> we got some spice being thrown around along with all of the, uh, you know, sand elves and uh, skiffs and uh, sand seas and uh, philosophy ki- philosopher kings, sorcerer kings, <laughs> all of it. And then that's uh, coming after our full record, Armor Classy, which is a whole bevy of songs that dip into... Everything from goblins to rather playing D&D than uh, going out with girls uh, or uh, hanging out with your friends in other ways. Um, so that's what it. Is, we want to have fun and make uh, fun D&D songs. Uh, Andrew, what does the song Liches Be Trippin' mean Okay, to you? that's... Oh, I would that, love that you to were tell gonna you. Ask, sorry. Oh, yeah. I would love to tell you about all about Liches Be Trippin'. So, uh, <laughs> as you know, a lich, is a, it's a magic user that has ended its own life in order to, uh, you know, perpetuate an unlife. Um, and this song really explores some ulterior motives outside of world domination that a mage might do this. For example, maybe you just want to get high for all of eternity. And so <laughs> Liches Be Trippin' talks about some liches who are doing just that. And it really un, unlife it kind of opens up the gamut of different weird types of drugs that you can imbibe maybe they're fatal to the normal uh air breathing wizard but as a lich you know it doesn't matter you're you're dead so <laughs> you know party on you can make bad choices I would like to say... I think becoming a lich, maybe m- maybe that's a bad choice. The, that might the first, I, be the worst choice. The first of the bad put choices. words into a lich's I, mouth. But. I don't know about that. I have always had a fondness for liches. And Me too. I've always... Uh, I can't pass up a lich pun. And I will tell you guys that while I was digging in and doing my, my hard-hitting research on you oh, all, good. I bought the t-shirt. Oh, did, did you? you? Yeah. I the Liches Be Trippin' t-shirt yes, is a very I did. fun one. I was like, Liches Be Trippin', that's me. I am so excited to rock that t-shirt around my West Seattle neighborhood. Oh, cool. Um, that is, uh, that's so very kind. We'll make sure to <laughs> throw some extra goodies in there for you when, uh, whenever that ships out. Look, look for my order. Um, and I also love that it's goblins with a Z. Not an S. It's goblins with a Z. Um, Obviously. Minotaur, yeah, right. <laughs> Minotaur, Minotaur Musk. Tell me a little bit about that inspiration. As uh, someone who has been killed a few times by a Minotaur. Right. So um, this is... Okay, keep I'm it, so keep glad it, you asked. Keep it PG. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, another sort of... Um, a uh, song where we've made a weird juxtaposition of a classic um, monster from Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, fantasy, basically, um, and added in, you know, sort of a comedic element. So um, have you ever seen Anchorman where yes. he pulls out 
um, Sex Panther. I think it's called Sex Panther. Yeah. And it's, it's got quite an aroma. So, 60% of the time, it works every There time. you go. That's right. <laughs> so the idea behind Minotaur Musk is that um, in addition to being masters of the labyrinth uh, and bullheaded warriors, um, their bedding and wet fur also can produce a... Um, an aromatic that could be potentially um, irresistible or maybe very resistible. (laughs) The uh, way Andrew and I go about writing these songs frequently is that uh, we'll take on the roles of characters and often it's going to be a monster and whoever's opposing that monster. So in Minotaur Musk, I am playing the part of the dapper Minotaur and talking about how great my lair is. And Andrew's playing the part of a perfumer trying to go get some of that sweet Minotaur Musk. Something Mm -hmm. similar in our Leviathan song in which Andrew is playing the part of a, uh, you know, horrible Leviathan terrorizing seasides where I'm playing a chef trying to get the sweet ingredients to make a delicious uh, Leviathan stew. I love those. I so <laughs> what? What does, came does that first? answer the question? Or yes, and I, I have kind of a different perspective now. Thinking about the characters that was killed by the Minotaur, like what were their last thoughts now? As that Minotaur came very close up in their face, did they just get one big last inhale and sweet release? Just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it kind of it like, smells you know, so good. I'm okay with death. You know. Yeah, I miss your musk. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, for y'all. What? What? What came first, the D and D or writing songs together? Well, that's a um, that's a fun question. I I think that both of them, and for for both me and Steve, both of them have kind of always been there, but kind of separate. Um, so, um, Steve has been making music and playing Dungeons and Dragons and role-playing games. And writing songs about Dungeons and Dragons in my music since the For, early 2000s. Forever. <laughs> I've wow. been, uh, doing music and playing games, uh, forever. So, uh, it wasn't until we were like, hey, let's do something that is 100% dedicated to this hobby that we love musically that I feel like we really sort of, you know, brought it together and like made it like, hey, this is the, this is the thing that we should be doing. So, and I moved from Chicago where I grew up to Atlanta, and my first friend group was a D and D group I put together. So I came to Atlanta and I worked in a coffee shop, and I was like, anyone that came in, I would just talk D and D, and I made a bunch of friends out of it. This is always my. There's always been like, I don't know, in movies and probably more in the '80s, this like. Uh, thing where like maybe a and d something you don't talk about that's totally gone now but like for me in my entire history of playing this game I talked about it all the time and that's how <laughs> I get people interested in it to go and play the game with me I am a recruiter I bring new people into d d constantly nice. so when I moved to Atlanta I was working with this uh, woman Chris and she Preach it. Preach she the gospel. <laughs> introduced me to uh, a big friend group here in Atlanta that was already playing D&D that included Andrew. And actually, the same group we just played with yesterday. So, like, I've Aww. been gone, it's, I mean, almost 10 years. I left for, like, six years to Los Angeles, and off and on, and it's back on. So, uh, before you ask, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and let you know, uh, t- 12th level, 
campaign, Dungeons and Dragons in a homebrew world. Um, we're currently doing a, uh, we've, we all left for war, came back as 12th level, and um, our entire nation is in shambles, and we've been entrusted in putting the, the kingdom back together. Oh, man. It's a lot of politics. <laughs> it was a lot of fun building a 12th level character like straight up because I was just like, I'm going to do the dumbest multi-class I can. And I went uh, two levels divination wizard, six, seven levels of peace cleric and three levels of bard. So my guy just like gives people happiness is <laughs> the main thing. I like yeah. that. We need Who's the dungeon master in your group? His name's Josh. Joshua uh, Tarion. Yep, he's a he's a lifetime uh, DM. He'll play in our games as well, but um, he's most happy when he's behind the screen. Um, and the uh, and is a writer, dude. Like I, I, me and him ran simultaneous campaigns uh, years ago, and mm. I swear to God, it, like while we were putting things together, he wrote something around 120 pages of like Whoa. lore and backstory, just because that's what he loves. And even in this game, I've never played a game like it. In between sessions, like people will ask him questions, and I think when he's at work or something, he'll just like, I mean, a novel's worth of stuff by the end of this thing. Like the lore is weirdly deep. I always wanted to be that type of dungeon master, but I never was. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know if Same. I ever could time. be that dungeon yeah. master. <laughs> yeah, Shelly, if you could maybe like repurpose some of your your journals, <laughs> you know, and there you be go. like, oh, this is this uh, character's backstory. Um. Uh, I don't know that any of those characters would survive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on. They're a little angsty, uh, but it was maybe, maybe. It it would be fun to, I mean, I I can create some great story hooks from an NPCs from Real Housewives. There you go. Real Housewives, so I should be able to take like my old journal and yeah and play an emo bar <laughs> definitely is there any other <laughs> yeah i could try that um so i'm really curious about the um the one page adventures the maps that that y'all do oh yeah that is so cool so i was you know looking around um the art is one of who does the art is that you andrew andrew i yeah. do yeah so cool so tell us about that. How do you how does how do these come to be? And like and you're like basically just letting people use these or have these. Oh or- yeah, absolutely. So you can you can download them. We post them on Reddit and um, some of them are on Drive Through RPG. But all of um, them are on our website, epiclevelsrapgods.com. Exactly. <laughs> um, and the idea was to, yeah, I mean, I, I first got into um, One Page Dungeons years ago with a project, um, what was that project, Steve? The One Secret Page Santa Corps? Dungeon Contest. Oh, and then yeah. Secret Santa Corps was Secret, another one. It was one. Secret yeah. Santa Corps, and um, I participated in that uh, several times. And I really just enjoyed the format. Um, and you know, our original, when we first started doing this podcast, the Epic Levels Mad Dungeon podcast, um, you know, the idea was, uh, um, you know, we would have somebody on, we would interview them very briefly, you know, five, 10 minutes, interview them and then, um, you know, create improv style, create an adventure together. And then I'd go off and draw it. And then, uh, Steve would go off and write it and we'd cram it all together into a one-page 
thing. Um, it's kind of gotten it's kind of gotten out of hand a little bit, uh, just because both me and Steve have this tendency to um, like work more like put more effort into something than we're getting paid for it. <laughs> so, and did I mention that they're free? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, at first it was just like, Oh, we'll just draw, I'll just draw like a real quick little like battle grid of like the area. And now it's like, all right, well, I gotta, I gotta draw all the NPCs, you know, and I gotta, you know, I gotta uh, add in this little fun thing. Um, but as far as the process, Shelley, it's it's mostly just we we record the thing, um, our producer uh, edits it together, and then I just sort of listen to it several more times and just sort of imagine you know kind of what I think it would look like, and then Steve does the same thing with the writing and sort of uh, imagines how people could use it you know to to play up you know. Pull it down and you know print it out. Play a game with it, or you know work it into your campaign. I yeah, mean, the big thing we want really... to do with it is make it uh, kind of a universal thing uh, where you could just pick it up and drop it into whatever game you're playing. Uh, and for you, Greg, uh, it's kind of like a writer's room, like screenwriting, almost like a podcast, where we start off Mad Lib style, roll some dice. We all say a random noun, verb, or adjective, and then uh, we put those words together to figure out what the adventure is going to be. So every time we start an episode, we don't know who it's going to be. Mm. And we're always grabbing guests from the RPG community, and I mean, for Dungeons and Dragons stuff, we've gotten a lot of like old TSR era people, like Tim Kask is on there, we had uh, Keith Baker, you know, who invented Eberron. Uh, on the show, and then we also our next one coming up is Ed Greenwood, who made the Forgotten oh Realms. My God. So you know we got lots of he's folks. A, he's who a fun are, one. Yeah, he is indeed. That's yes. awesome. Uh, I love the whole idea of an improv uh, podcast that then becomes a product. Like that's so uh, interesting and cool. And I think the uh, like you, the one page dungeon is such a interesting format because it is. I don't know, you're combining storytelling, visual aids, and uh, writing into, you know, one thing that people can take away as a work of art or as an actual thing that you could play. I just, you know, there's so many fun tendrils of yeah. creativity in there. Greg, I just want to take a second to say thank you so much for calling it a work of art. Um, <laughs> that just, it is. There's, just I'm looking so at good. Oh, that one right now. Oh. So many details. Also, your stories are so funny. Though I love Cancel Satan. <laughs> that was yeah. That was the first one with Anthony Maloro, who uh, has an RPG called Mystic Punks, and I've actually been playtesting that game for years now but the quick start rules are out and available at exalted funeral but yeah hashtag cancel satan is one of my favorites it's the one i run the most at cons funny (laughs) so this was like this whole like the concept the story just came up through the podcast through improv and then you just Mm -hmm. fleshed it out correct very will you just give a brief description of the storyline because i think it's very funny shelly what if we did like a very quick um like rundown of how it works. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Shelly, give me a noun. Any noun. Dolphin. Perfect. Do- I love. Oh, dolphins are so great. <laughs> Greg, give me a. Um, 
Give me an adjective, any kind of adjective, descriptive word. Scaly. Ooh, <laughs> all right. And then, Steve, give me another noun. Um, uh, submarine. Submarine. Okay. So, Andrew, the scaly, a verb. Um, uh, uh, climbing. Climbing. So, uh, climbing, scaly, dolphin, submarine. Yeah, so you come up <laughs> with some words like that. And then from there, like, maybe it, this is a Spelljammer-related thing since, mm. you know, Sounds like uh, it. a scaly dolphin submarine through space. And then we would just talk about, like, okay, who would the villain be? Well, obviously, it's Starkist, the Tuna Lord. I was just going to say that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the tuna Nets. Yep. And, and then you go Charlie. through and you're like, all right, well, who would the friends of the PCs be? Who would the friend, you know, who's a friend of the dolphin or whatever? And it's like, well, it's an well, octopus it's, guy or oh whatever. Oh, my God. Can, can we have like a one of the good NPCs be Charlie, chicken yeah. of the sea? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's but like here's a the chicken deal. fish man. We chicken also like man. to, <laughs> chicken fish man. We also like to uh, bring music into it when we can because oh, yes. there's big musical background we get in there. So, Shelly, off of that, I would say, uh, let's make him sound with a deep voice like the rapper Charlie Tuna from Jurassic 5. There you go. <laughs> and then, and we just sort of spitball back and forth. Like, you know, it, I feel like y'all would be great guests because already you're spitballing ideas back and forth. It's kind of like throwing spaghetti noodles at the wall. Like, is something going to stick? Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff doesn't, and we just try to move on as best we can. And then, you know, we add on uh, the main villain. Like, why are the players here? Um, and then after we've sort of created the... We'll, by the time we get, like, kind of an idea of where we're going, then we're like, all right, well, now let's design the area where this happens, where this action takes place. Which is what the create. physical map is going to be at the end of the day. Right. So, so we so have a story we, before we have a location. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to it. We, we're really just like wanting to make new friends and, and have fun and, you know, play games. So yeah, it's this kind format, of a game amazing. about playing games. Yeah, and this format goes back, Greg, to my uh, film school days. And like, it really does have a lot to do with like screenwriting classes got me to like, this mm. is how we could go in a good order to get to a full story that can be told in a visual location. Right. Shelly and I are always fascinated with the idea of writer's room. So this is basically like each podcast is a writer's room. Yes. Exactly. That's so cool. Yep. I was I mean, just the detail though on the maps is pretty incredible. You just keep looking and finding little secret nuggets everywhere. Oh, so. the little Where's Waldo things? Yes. Uh, yeah. That's my wife likes thoughtful. it when I hide things in drawings. So I try to try to put something sneaky I, in there as much as I can. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going back to the hashtag cancel Satan episode <laughs> one that we've released. Uh, the whole concept behind it was uh, goes off of Mystic Punks, and we ended up in a high school, and then we ended up with uh, some Tom Petty stuff. Uh, like, so a Tom Petty, uh, it's a zombie Tom Petty, Zompetty, Zompetty, yeah. Uh, uh, the school counselor <laughs> summons you to Hell High School, in which uh, he's trying to take over. So your job is to uh, try to cancel Satan by catching him uh, and doing a good act. So it's a necromancer high school with lots of uh, teachers and students where you need to uh, somehow convince Satan to do something nice. Yes. Yeah, like, you, you even have a table. Of, we do. I love you want to read some of those off, Shelley? I do. 
because okay. my, fav- my favorite one is remove a computer virus for grandma. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> it's so good. And I give was it just to grandpa. <laughs> Help or teach a kindergartner to tie a shoe. Aw. Aw. Uh, How are you going to trick Satan into teaching a kindergartner to tie their shoe? I guess you'll just have to play the adventure to find out. That's right. I make Satan fall in love. Yep. That, so I've uh, run a campaign where that was one. The also, uh, there's a Save a Kitten one in there. And, oh, yep. yep. And that Save one has kitten. also been a uh, winning con- win condition when I've run it. <laughs> yes. And um, this is also a good one. Give the students a snow day. Aww. In, in hell. Hell, hell cold, freezes cold over. Yeah. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so, really yeah, good. all of those, all of the maps, all of the different adventures, there's like 17 or 18 of them out now. Um, you, can, you can download them, print them out, you know, do whatever you want to with them. Um, I don't care. Uh, but, <laughs> but <you> also, <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, do whatever you want to with them. Cut them up, make a paper mache out of them. Uh, a paper hat. hat, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But also, um, we recently started selling them because people wanted um, like a you know an, a nice printout at eleven by seventeen. So some of the more recent ones we've started, um, you know, uh, actually making posters, and we've been commissioning some artists other than me, better than me, to uh, do like a pinup poster uh, design on the opposite side so the maps we're selling them for like five bucks the maps have like an artist's piece that like takes place somewhere in the adventure on one side and then it's got the the whole adventure on the other side so oh, they're pretty cool, cool. um that's cool yeah, so, now so people far have to buy we have two copies so that they can display both yes. at the same time in their house <laughs> yeah exactly nice. i mean yeah, I'm so not the first one is the, that <laughs> <laughs> First one we have available is the Mechavoid Motocult that we did with Levi Combs of Planet X Games, which is a lot of fun. And then the art is done by Ambrose Holman, who is a RPG artist. He's been doing art for a whole lot of projects for a decade now. And then the, oh, that was, I'm sorry, Ambrose did the second one. Dust did the first one for Mechavoid Motocult. And then the second one is the Michael Keith Baker Malden map. Is, the, is his name. Uh, Michael is, Molden. Yeah. Du- Michael Malden, a.k.a. Dust, a.k.a. Dusty One. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one is the Keith Baker map, which is uh, Necro Barge, which is a uh, time-traveling barge, another lich one. Right? Yeah, so- Shelly loves liches. You should definitely... I'll send you one when you, with your shirt. I'll send you a copy <laughs> of the poly. It's got All a right. sexy... It's got like a sexy lich um, on one side. Is there any other? Come on. <laughs> no. No, there is not. I got uh, 99 problems, but a lich ain't one. There you, you go. get it, Greg. Greg gets yeah. it. Greg, you're on the same page here, man. Yeah, so the Necro Barge uh, one is very fun in that it's a ghost adventure. You start off hopping barrels like a hobbit and then go into a spooky ghost realm and then the psychopomp... Slymore. Slymore is your main villain throughout the whole thing and you're going through different stages where a lich is being reconstituted. So can you stop it in time or are you going to unleash lich hell as you descend to the underworld? Thanks, Keith Baker. That one hmm. is um, that one is also uh, like a timed adventure, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to, to keep, keep them clock. all straight. Actually, both of these two are timed adventures. So for some reason, they're great for running at cons. So mm, the yeah. Mechavoid Motocult is uh, space bikers, <laughs> more like uh, Escape from New York style in nice. a, um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, robo bikers trying to mechanize the world so it's like a turn everyone into a transformers planet but uh why would you want to stop that that sounds amazing right well that's an option in there so (laughs) (laughs) i I also really like stacy stardust stacy stardust i ran that and the dimension boppers i mean why is this not already like this, this should be a TV show. This is a TV series waiting <laughs> to happen. Stacey Stardust going, and the Dimension Steve. Boppers. Well, Come this on. has been internal talk with us to get a actual play up and running, and it would be a Stacy Stardust and the Dimension Boppers show, and then yes. running with our maps throughout. So yeah, that map is be. also very cool. Like they're they have very like lots of different styles too. Like they they really Greg is is correct. These are works of art. Oh, yeah, you guys. Oh, you're so sweet. And you're like, you want to really? come over for dinner? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta run, you gotta run yeah. all these for us while we're doing it. Right? <laughs> I would love to. That's yeah, awesome. Stacy Stardust and the Dimension Boppers is done with our pal Winston Ward, who runs a sci-fi and now horror magazine quarterly that you could get called Infinite Worlds, and now he has done Infinite Horrors which is a super rad magazine. But as far as our uh, one-page dungeon goes, that is our most crazy because it's like a bunch of different dimensions you jump to. It's not just like rooms in the dungeons. They're just like entire worlds. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like Mushroom World, the Planetary Ape World. It's it's a cool map. I just love the colors and everything. And I'm sorry, I don't want to like read everything that's on your website, but my other, just one more. Okay. This I is mean, so clever. Want. Well, let me let me jump on Stacy Stardust one more time. So oh, we go yeah. to DragonCon every year. So you could go and play games with us at DragonCon this coming September oh. as well in Atlanta. Last year, I ran Stacy Stardust, uh, just three games going through all of the dimensions, like three of them, three of them, three of them, or however much it was. Mm-hmm. But then we also bought a device that was a <laughs> oh holographic God. projector no. thing. So uh, in the Stacy Stardust and the Dimension Boppers game, you start off by getting interdimensional slap bracelets that come onto the player's hands, and then they could summon Stacy Stardust, who could yeah. do, who is a holographic. Space I'm girl obsessed. who could give you different things. So we bought slap bracelets for everyone, and then anytime they wanted to summon Stacy Stardust, we would fire up the holographic projector. It was a lot of fun. Oh, we need to do that. I want to play. <laughs> it was. Right, I guess we got to go to Atlanta for Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Let me just say this: it was excessive. <laughs> it was <laughs> for, for like running a game, um, but. Uh, we kind of tag team DM'd it, so I was helping. Steve was running the main game, and we were able to have pretty large tables. So yeah. I think normally we would only seat, uh, you know, like five, maybe six, but I think we had like ten. At we each were like, table. we were playing. So in there too, they'd Fast be like, moved. "Anyone have extra tickets?" And they're like, "Does anyone else want to play?" I'm like, "I could do more." <laughs> oh. am I wrong in thinking that there's like an entire soundtrack as well for like? Couldn't we? Can we also just get some Stacy Stardust music? I mean, I would love to. Only so many hours in the day, Shelly. We're I'm, making lots of things, but I <laughs> love that idea. We can auto tune Shelly. So, uh, oh, yeah. Get right into it. 
can we uh, can we get you on board as Shelly Stardust? Oh, <laughs> oh, the, the the older sister that Stacy has the to lich. contend against. Her, her lichy <laughs> older her sister. Lich sister. <laughs> the lich sister. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, it's L- canon now. stole my look. That's what I'm going to be You said it. Now it's her. canon. <laughs> Done. Yes. Well, you guys have mentioned uh, running stuff for conventions, which is uh, something that I'm always interested in because it's a different feel than, you know, your weekly homebrew campaign type of yeah. thing, right? It's about a little bit more showmanship, which it feels like you, you yeah. have mastered that side of it. I've been to conventions. I've played ones where you're like, hmm. Could have done something different for these two hours and, and not kind of get that that amount of, of like you know pomp and circumstance. But it sounds like you guys <laughs> you know have able to perfect that that feeling of like this is a little bit of a show. Can you guys talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I, so I, I mentioned earlier how uh, both me and Steve like to put a lot of effort into things that don't um, make <laughs> us any money. Yep. So <laughs> just I think adding this kind to of your falls, plate. Dungeon mastering uh, kind of falls into that, and there, you know, there there are people now that are being professional dungeon masters and making making money doing that. We are not those guys, uh, <laughs> although maybe we should be. You I should don't know. be. Sounds like it. Um, but yeah, it's it's really just uh, a love of um, you know playing the game, running the game um, makes. Both me and Steve. I think is it okay if I speak for you, Steve? I've got my own thing to say, but I'll, I'll let you know. Go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> we just we love it so much that we want it to be as much fun as possible for the people playing and the people that we're playing with. So, um, Steve, if you've got more to add to that, I'm sure you do. Go ahead. I do. I have very specific yeah. ideas about how con games should be run nice. versus your home games. Um, one is safety tools need to be there right up front and make sure everyone's comfortable with everything oh, that's yeah. happening. Two, you need to listen and give people agency in these games. There's a hard thing with railroading. I've been, I don't know, I recently went to a con and had not a great experience with someone. And it had to do, another part is just giving everyone a chance. So one of the things I like to do at a con game versus like your home game is I will, in a game, I will roll initiative right at the beginning of a game and just go on initiative so everyone will get a chance to play as we're going. So the people that would normally dominate a table will still have their chance, but then the people that are more quiet or mousy or whatever will also get a chance to play. So these are things I feel very strongly in. And then also, if you're running like a 10-person game, you need to be like moving on to the next person and the next person. And it's really easy for someone that doesn't want to be vocal just not to play the whole time. Yeah. But there's yeah. people that like to kind of sit back and watch too. But even when it's their turn, they could just be quick and keep moving. You know? And I found that the simpler ideas for running a two-hour cam- a game, for example, is often going to be the best because you for really sure. can't. You can't do a full Tomb of Horrors run through in two hours. It's just impossible. <laughs> you could no, if they all die in the first ten. Minutes. Well, there's that too. Easy. Um, <laughs> I've, I've run Tomb of Horrors uh, using Tune. Are you guys familiar with the RPG Tune? No. From the eighties. Oh, it's a like very T O O N. Correct. Yeah. So you okay. play like cartoon characters. It's a like two six Rabbit? system. Yes, yes, correct. All right, it's exactly. exactly like that. So there was a time we were like, all right, let's run through all the classic uh, modules <laughs> uh, using Tune, and like we we're like, well, we'll we will blast through them. No, Tomb of Horrors. We played for I don't know seven four hour sessions or something. It goes for a while, man. It does. It does. Right. And so like that's why I love the one page. Uh, 
use case for a right. two-hour convention game because you can kind of skip. And then, you know, you mentioned the ticking clock thing that it also, you know, everyone knows you're only going to have two hours. So by the time you get to hour and a half or hour 45, you're like, what's happening with you? What's happening with you? What's happening? And that just creates the energy and gets everybody almost to the point where you're like, yeah, at the end, we were at, you know, one hour and 59 minutes. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> And also, yeah. I, I think that for like a, running stuff at a convention, um, you know, the the more classic uh, modules, they they might be a little bit more sacred. Where you're maybe you're not okay with kind of skipping over some stuff. But I mean, this stuff that we're putting out, like I said, you could do whatever you want to it. Like just you know, use one sentence from it if that's all you need. No um, sacred cows here. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, Tomb Burn of Horrors all. was originally written as a <laughs> tournament uh, module to be run at conventions where you would just get a character, play until they died, and then someone else would come in and take the right. place. <laughs> That's also kind of fun. Do you find that most of the people you play with are new to D&D at conventions, or are they more established players? Or is it just a mix, generally? I'll tell you what, it depends on the game we're playing. So a lot of 5e stuff uh, is, I would say, more newer players, but then... If I'm playing in other games, which I'll play Dungeon Crawl Classics or Traveler or Call of Cthulhu, and I feel like those I get more older players. And then there's other ones like uh, Monster Hearts or Monster of the Week or Powered by the Apocalypse games also seems to be like newer players. Yeah. So I find with the newer players, and I think Greg did this really well, is that especially the adults, I think kids will just jump in. They'll be like, I'm going to do anything. And they come up with crazy ideas. Me too. But I think adults will sometimes have a harder time doing something when you'd say, what do you want to do? (laughs) So it's like, I I do not know what my choices are. And like, I think Greg, you were the one that I saw first do this as a dungeon master. It was like, do you want to do this, this, or this? Like you kind of have to limit it. Yeah. Do you find it that there's... Are, are there like some good or best practices that you think for like helping those new players understand that, well, the, the world is limitless. You really can do anything. But how do you not overwhelm them by that? I always start my way when people are like, what's D&D like? My, my reaction always is, have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's seen a movie, right? It's a dumb question. So you're just like, you're like the main character in a movie, and so are your friends. So just think about you're in the situation. What would you do in the situation? And then you have a character sheet in front of you that gives you more options than just that. So if you have a chandelier, to sw- I'm like there's chandelier, there's some stairs, there's some people down below you. You have a bow and arrow, you have a sword, you have a dagger, you have uh, these few spells or whatever. Uh, these are your options. So my other thing also goes with the improv thing, which is there's no wrong answers. Uh, and that's just like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Don't sit and think about it too hard because you could get lost in that and right. just do the thing. Like, yeah. I, I feel like D&D is a great place to be impulsive. Yeah. When well, you sound like a good dungeon master and that you would welcome he is. that. He's and a, like and help. phenomenal dungeon and then master. Whatever it is they come up with, you're going to help find a way to make that. Within limits, unless Steve Albertson, (laughs) Dragon Warrior, for your child's uh, birthday party. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Do you also do like balloon monsters as well? Ooh, (laughs) yeah, and you get to explode them when you win when you defeat them. That's a fun idea. Nothing people love more than winning Dungeons and Dragons. Right. (laughs) Well, that's always the next question. How do I win? By being there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> By having a good time. By having right. fun. 
Now, do you think people um, who play in your games at Dragon Con or wherever uh, for the first time, and then or do you think they're disappointed the second time they play because the dungeon master didn't make a hologram appear? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it, is, keep it is hard leaving my table bar. and going anywhere uh, else. <laughs> millions of people out there have had a great first experience with D&D. &D. Yeah, I got Matt second. Mercer texting me constantly being like, how do I do better? Do and I'm like, get <laughs> off my phone, You need dude. a hologram. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. Uh, have you thought Sh about a lich named Shelly? Yeah. Everybody has thought Think about, about it. Name Shelley. Yeah, right. Come on. Um, Shelly, you said that you wanted to read something. No, I just wanted to just call out this other, one of your other episodes, because it was so okay. clever. Law yeah. and Orc. Yeah. No, no that's, our Tim, that's our Tim Cask episode. Tim is one of the oldest Dungeons, he was the first hired Dungeons and Dragons TSR employee, Tim Cask. That is quite so, the distinction. Yeah, he's, and he was an editor of Dragon Magazine right in the beginning. He also did uh, Tiny Wars, which is a miniature war game, like in early Dungeons & Dragons times. So Tim has been around for quite a while, and now he also has a YouTube channel called Curmudgeon in the Cellar, where he just is a curmudgeonly older gentleman who will talk about the old days of Dungeons & Dragons, and it is a fun ride. So... I met Tim at a uh, Dungeons & Dragons art show in Los Angeles, one of those, mm. like, Joe Magnella and all these, like, Blake cool from kids. Workaholics, like, just all these, like, D&D Hollywood folks there. But Tim was actually the guest of honor at this thing. And then, I don't know, I <laughs> then me and Tim had some fun times in the parking lot with some other friends, and we partied out hard and... Uh, like California Sniffing kind of way, exactly. <laughs> and it's then huffing, uh, Greg Huffin, yeah, huffing, we we're just huff sorry. huffing bags of glue in the parking lot, talking D and D, painting some miniatures, and, and smelling that sweet, sweet fumes. That's right. But then Tim, uh, he runs around to certain cons, like Gary Con out in Lake Geneva. Every year, he'll be out there, and he runs a game called Wheel of Blame, which is a uh, diabolical thing that. Uh, barely touches on Dungeons and Dragons and more is on his maniacal whims. Uh, uh, he was at uh, North Texas too. I saw him in, uh, at North Texas RPG Con uh, last month, month before. Yeah. But Law and Order is a, a, uh, <laughs> a story of uh, trying to get orcs to uh, not be so orky. And so you're on trial in the orc court for not being orc like enough. And you are uh, given a lawyer who's trying to uh, make the orcs less violent. Um, and you're going to help them out through this trial. Also, there's a pit, if you lose, where you'll uh, hang out with a bunch of Zardoz-like uh, failed orcs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real uh, courtroom drama meets um, orcs, basically. I mean, that's the only way to... It's the only way to say it. Do you have a soundboard I'd, set up when you play so each time there's like a beat, you just go, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dun, dun. Absolutely. Yeah, that <laughs> we Law & Order soundboard up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun and, to have a adventure. You know, Hack and Slash is great. We all love it, but it's fun to have something that's a little bit offbeat. So having a courtroom drama, you yeah. know, game night in front of an orc court, which is like, there's also trials by fighting. Tri like how you uh, win isn't normally going to be through an argument, although occasionally it is. But uh, 
Yeah, it's a little something different for your uh, your game yeah. night. Yeah, and again, a very distinct map. Again, they're all different, which I really I love. I mean, the, every episode is way. We do have to like quell ourselves. I don't know why I keep loving get, going into one kaiju's and two hive minds <laughs> and these things, and I'm like, I need to just like get away from that cult too. I think that goes back to like Call of Cthulhu things. Right. <laughs> Everybody's got tropes that they latch onto after a while, right? Yeah. So that's what's interesting about this is is going outside your norm, especially when you get guests and things coming on. It makes you be like, oh yeah, we can yep. do something completely different. Yeah, and we have a BMX completely different. <laughs> we have a BMX wizard in one, you know. <laughs> As you does he have a power glove on? Actually, what he wears is a, so a cloak made of flayed skin, specifically tattooed flayed skin. So he's collected of magic tattoos. Individuals with magic tattoos flayed off their tattoos and then sewn them together into a cloak that he wears while doing BMX tricks in his at-home BMX vert, vert ramp. I don't know. Yeah. So that, some episodes that, get darker right. and weirder than others. <laughs> <laughs> like a legitimately so, evil Knievel. Steve, we talked a little bit about your kind of origin when you started playing, uh, but uh, Andrew, when did you start playing? Was it Boo Steve or did it, did it all, uh, did you have like a history before that? Uh, no, so I started playing, actually, uh, I, I think if I was to really trace it back, it was when I was a very uh, young kid, first sort of learning how to read, and I picked up some choose-your-own-adventure books. And mm. I think that's what really sort of kicked me off. I wanted to be a comic book artist uh, my whole young, you know, young life leading into teenage years. That was like my dream. Um, and I played a ton of games, you know, um, uh, I played a bunch of miniature games, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, it wasn't until I was probably like 17 or 18, um, that I, I really found Dungeons and Dragons and started like actually played in a game for real. Um, I, how did you find it? How, who did someone invite you or? Yeah. Well, so part of the whole uh, wanting to be in comic books, my first job was at a comic book store mm-hmm. when I was like in middle school for store credit. And as a <laughs> That's result, awesome. Of, Wait, yeah, is that, is that allowed? I'll do your sorting of comic books if you give me That's some free ones. A, what a good yeah. idea! That's exactly how it went for it. It's exactly how it went. I was actually I was shopping for like some old Batman issues or something, and they were out of order in the long box. And so I pulled all of them out of the long box. And started filing them back in order. And the owner came over and he was like, um, so, uh, hey, little kid, uh, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just organizing. They're out of order. I'm putting them in numerical <laughs> order so I can find them. And he's like, all right, all right, all right that's cool. That's I cool. see you. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so me and my brother, we would go and work at the comic book shop every Wednesday. I liked your little um, that kid led, voice. That felt idea. very, very real and natural. Yes. Uh, that led to attending Dragon Con. Um, first, uh, as uh, the kid behind, you know, basically I was just there. So when the comic book shop owner needed to go to the bathroom or to go get food, like he could leave the booth. Um, and that was such a fun experience. And I remember, um, you know, seeing people in costume. You know, I was probably like 12 years old. Um, you know, seeing people in costume and and seeing people with giant swords and full armor and all of this stuff, and I was like, "This is like 
this is the coolest thing ever. I am yeah. definitely a swords and spells kind of guy. <laughs> um, and then that, you know, that obviously led into like, you know, looking into high fantasy stuff and, you know, there you go. It's just a uh, stone's throw to an avalanche kind of deal. Um, and I guess wow, it I seems guess like Dragon Con is the, a, a real part of your history, uh, both of you. I, yeah, my first Dragon Con was in 1994. Wow. And I haven't missed a year since. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so for folks, well, actually, that's uh, not true. I missed 2020 when there wasn't one, but I think I think not I got your fault. That counts. Yeah. 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 Um, I am always sad because I was in North Carolina for uh, five years and PAX West and Dragon mm-hmm. Con were always on the same weekend. And we had a split, basically, who was going to be able to cover each one. Uh, Dragon Con, we always did try to cover because it, it was southeast and there wasn't a lot. Or, yes, there wasn't as, as many, you know, gaming conventions kind of in that area. And Dragon Con was the one that kind of, it seemed to just bring everybody from that region and some from beyond the region, you know, to it. Um, but I loved always hearing the stories and seeing the videos of the cosplay kind of parade that always seemed mm-hmm. like that was such a unique part of, of, of that convention. We've been to a lot of cons and there is no con like Dragon Con in its partyingness. It is so for me and Andrew, it's like gaming during the day and then it's like throwing down at night and a giant costume party in multiple hotels and hanging out with people and there's music at night. There's like it's a fun time for sure. That feels a little different. I mean, there was, there's definitely yeah. some partying going on at other conventions, but not not quite so congregated like uh, like it feels like Dragon Con is. Are you guys going to do some some DJing there soon with your uh, with your hip hop? <laughs> yeah, do a, we should do a live show. Um, I uh, like I said, I've been attending Dragon Con for a long time, and outside of you know talking to people that I'm playing with or hanging out with, I'm rarely there to work. Um, I'm usually there to have fun, but you know, uh, if this thing keeps growing the way it has been, that might have to change. And I really don't want to like have to go to a convention as a guest, but I also kind of want to go to a convention as a guest. It's a difficult <laughs> spot to be in. I want to go to the conventions to have fun and hang out and play games. And if you're there as a guest or, or, you know, recording a podcast live, then you can't, uh, you, you can, but I don't know. We'll see. For now, ju- you know, I'm just sort of focusing on having fun when I'm at the cons, and then if that has to change soon, then we'll see. You can yeah. still Epic have Levels, music-wise, is very much a studio project at this point, so live performances are uh, a future endeavor, if, uh, if ever. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well. You've got to level up your, uh, your, your proficiencies in performance there. Level up, level up, level up. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, you just write right a new song? <laughs> Did Greg yeah, just inspire a new song? A song? It's, uh, it's called the Greg Tito's Level Up song. <laughs> level up, level up, level up. Oh my gosh. Get your performance, check online, level up, level up. <laughs> yeah, but we are starting to talk about doing events here in Atlanta as well, having like uh, release uh, events for the posters and uh, having DMs come and run them. Uh, and maybe that'll lead into more like performance oriented stuff. Like we've been doing epic levels kind of just for fun for a while and only got pretty serious about it right before quarantine. So we haven't really moved any harder 
through mm. performance stuff when gatherings were so yeah, not so happening, you know? Shunned. Right. Yeah. But maybe it's time now. But also, how much time do we have? What are we focusing on here? We got to keep making things. <laughs> if Greg you're a and Shelley, lich if we're not like me, you have all the <laughs> yeah, time in the world. You know, Lichdom <laughs> might actually be the answer Join here, me. right? Where <laughs> 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 would that be torture if you're constantly a, you're a lich and you're like I constantly make things and no one still can see it? <laughs> For I'm still not making any money. And no one sees it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's uh, you know. I thought lichdom was dark, but what you just described, Greg, is a, a whole yeah, but, other layer of darkness. Onion. It's a captive <laughs> audience over here. We don't yeah. have a lot of entertainment options, so I think you would do very well. Yeah, as an evil lich, you just get Thank your you. lair together and then just uh, you know force your minions to pay attention to your art. <laughs> yes, look at my art. Read yeah. my journal. I don't think I've ever seen this, but I just had this wonderful idea. Right, oh, liches are almost always wizards, right? They think of them as, yeah. as that like level thing. But what? There's nothing that would prevent a bard from becoming a lich. They still cast arcane magic, right? Mm. Yeah. So a bard who is like, I'm going to live forever. Also, uh, I'm going to have all these minions that are my uh, audience, and they must do forever. Uh, the the fame will too. literally never die. Yeah. You just keep going. Right, yes. like a like a holographic uh, prince or something. They will just keep going forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, your the Tupac music of, never uh, ends. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Keep producing new music, but I thought they died. Well, they did. They're they now. did, and they're yep. not ever going to stop making things for you. <laughs> never. never stop. Never stopping. That's right. The, the applause never dies. <laughs> I think that, that could be. That's a good uh, potential one pager adventure. That. What would a, uh, it absolutely a, a bard lich's phylactery be? I want to say the guitar or some kind of like the mm, instrument, right? And like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking, though, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah I was thinking more like an amp, like you know, uh-huh. something that you're lugging around all the time oh, that no one really pays attention to. Phylamp- yeah, phylamp- three. three. Yeah, all right. I see where you're getting. <laughs> all right, these are all wonderful ideas. And they're really? All, Very we're going to yes and them forever. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love uh, the creativity that you guys have. I love that you're bringing this stuff uh, from Atlanta. That was like actually going to be my final kind of question was, you know, there are, I wouldn't necessarily like regional things around how Dungeons and Dragons play, but like, is there anything you can talk about um, other than, than Dragon Con and that event? Things that you've noticed playing in different areas. See if you've been in LA versus versus Atlanta and playing D and D in both of those cities. Like, is there is there a different vibe or feel for how uh, you know the other people that you've met who play Dungeons and Dragons are in different areas? No, I mean D and D players are D and D players. You know, like so uh, in Los Angeles when I first moved from Atlanta to there, Meltdown Comics was around, and there was a bunch mm-hmm. of D and D events happening there. So same thing. I moved from Atlanta to L.A. and I was like, all right, where are my people at? And I'm going to go find that. So uh, I would go there on Sundays and play. And everyone's the same kind of people, man. They're running games. They're, you know, we're solving puzzles. We're all fighting together. And People just uh, be people. People just be people. <laughs> but I mean, through these Dorky, events. Dorky liches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, through these things, I made, I made very good friends, especially in Atlanta. So like uh, there's a bunch of events happening in Atlanta that were like bar crawls and stuff that Andrew was a part of like setting up and uh, sometimes like weekly get togethers. And through that, I met uh, 
Jay Domingo, who I think was episode three on here, who also is co-writing the Mystic Punks game. But over through that, just meeting him in one of these events, become one of my very good friends, you know, playing through the quarantine on Mondays, mm-hmm. like through quarantine, I'm like, I have a, had a weekly Monday game I was playing, a weekly Wednesday game I was playing. And now that Monday game is every other week and then we have an in-person Thursday game. I'm playing like three times a week and writing all this stuff. So it's wild. But it keeps your creativity going because it's just a constant circle of creativity. That's right. Writing, music. Doing it all. And actually staying busy, like keeping yourself busy actually can help you uh, stay creative because... The more things that you're engaging in, the more sparks you have flying. The, um, you know, the, yeah, the more creative you can be, and the more stuff you can produce. It's it seems counterintuitive um, to like have a lot going on and and still be creating a lot. But um, me and Andrew just had a talk about this this or a couple of weeks ago now, and we've like even changed our habits where. We are writing or drawing for an hour every morning now to just make sure we're keeping our chaps up and keeping things going. Mm. Because even like, you know, putting out a one page adventure once a month, we were doing it every two weeks and that was too much to handle. So even once a month with everything else we have going on is a lot of work just to get the podcast up and then writing, drawing, laying out website posts, social media posts, like everything that goes along with just making a thing. Mm. That I mean, my ADHD brain has has really latched onto that over these last few years of like, okay, I know I have X amount of things to do, and for some reason it keeps the creative juices more flowing when you have like, okay, now I got to go to this project, now I got to go to this project. Yeah. And you're right; it seems counterintuitive. You're like, if you're too busy, you won't have the energy to do it. But for some reason, for it gives certain, you the energy. Yeah, for, it does. That momentum of of like, okay, I got this rolling kind of always on deadline feel. It kind of feels a little uncomfortable because you're like, okay, what's the next thing I got to do? But at the same time, you're, I'm at least more happy because I am creating things. It's the, play, the yeah. pain that is pleasure. Yes. <laughs> it's also helpful. So uh, me and Andrew are doing uh, most of the stuff outside of, like with Epic Levels, we do so much. But with the music and the podcast, we also have Rob Bellary, Andrew's brother. And then we also have AKA Zach. Warlock Rock. AKA the Warlock Rock. And then originally they were DJ Robbie Darko, but uh, changed their non diplume to Warlock Rock. I like yeah, we're still going with both. And they used to play in a band with me too called Sex Barbecue back in the day before we even started this project. But then we also have uh, Zach Cowan who's producing the podcast for us. So, and he's an audio engineer and also does live audio for movies, like as a living. So, Having the four of us and me and Andrew in particular, it's also nice to have people that are holding you responsible for the things you're supposed to be doing as well. Yeah. And so you're not just relying on yeah. yourself to feel bad about like not getting things <laughs> in on time. That's what it was like for me and Shelly writing yes. our book together. It was like, all right, accountability. Shelly down. No, if I noticed like we had a shared doc and I was like, oh, Greg's in the dock. I got to start. <laughs> 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 He's got to see me in here too. So yeah, when's your yes. book coming out, guys? December, yeah, yeah, in December it'll be uh, around. We'll, we'll very oh, excited for Christmas about that. for everyone. Yeah. Holiday yes. times, just Holiday in time gift. for my stocking. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so putting this together, stuffer. what was the biggest words of uh, 
Dungeon and Dragon's wisdom you got from your, you know, literally hundreds of episodes of this show you've done. So many amazing things, right? I think, honestly, the one through line has been kind of what we've been talking about through here, which is that D&D fans and and, uh, most of the people we talk to are just there to lift up each other and get their creative i mean that's kind of been the the tenet of this podcast has been like you're doing a cool thing tell me about it and i'm gonna be excited about it with you and that's every episode uh you know obviously different facets of that for for different folks and that's why we latched onto them for the essays that we wrote about but it's those basically been the entire thing the entire time right shelly uh yes that and also i think kind of along what you were saying steve was that you know dnd players are the same no matter where they are they're like you know, you they play the same, they are the same, they feel the same. Like it's, there is like that common thread and that no matter who we're talking to, like, you know, we could be talking to like some super cool hip hop musicians one week and then like <laughs> oh, stop. a high ranking <laughs> general who we talked to uh, last week in the, from the military and like a state senator or a Hollywood actor, like we can talk to all of these people because we we have this one thing in common that we're all super passionate about, and it just it levels the playing field. Becoming for liches, right? This, that's we're we're all becoming liches. Yeah. Okay. I, yes, I assume Lisa told you that was part of this podcast. Like, <laughs> you <laughs> shall. It is time to perform here. the ritual. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> we you can know. drag and talk to anybody. Yes. Yeah, awesome. and I mean that's I, I did listen to your uh, I mean a bunch of episodes, but the general episode too, and the the story about your father Shelley in the D and D T shirt and how people uh, will oh just my God. pull you over on the side. So Andrew also prints T shirts for a bunch of RPG companies and also for us. Oh, nice! So it's a lifestyle of like wearing D and D related things. It's like your uniform, right? And I yeah. do it because I want to meet these people. I was yes. in Rio de Janeiro once and wearing a Miskatonic University shirt, which is a Lovecraft mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And some random Brazilian dude came up to me and he's like, ah, Lovecraft, Call of Cthulhu. And we had just hung out drinking, talking about Call of Cthulhu all night in Brazil. Nice. Yeah. it ha- So I will sometimes, like if I'm going to run errands on a weekend, I'm like, I kind of don't want to talk to people today. I'm not going to wear the D&D. <laughs> yeah, just I won't put the D&D shirt yeah. on today. But sometimes I do. I want to meet people. But yeah, my, my dad is actually going to be a guest on our podcast. Um, Are you guys going to run a game for him? Our insight. Well, I tried that years ago. Um, I don't know that he would talk. I think if if my son was into D anD D, he would he would do anything for that kid, but (laughs) not for his own child. But he is gonna. He's gonna. We'll see. We'll ask him the question, Greg. Yeah. Uh, He's. um, He'll actually be on this episode. You guys, those of you listening, will have heard it oh, before well, it hey, actually happened. We're time travelers. That's one. Yeah, of the make sure you like start off. Oh, did you already do the interview with them? No. Oh, good. Yeah, just make sure you say Dragon Warrior and Tiger Wizard say hi. Yeah, let him let him be confused about whatever that with no explanation. Exactly. Did you just cast a spell? What happened? My invitation for dinner extends to your father. He would love that. Yeah, bring the whole family. Okay. Well, you yeah, guys have mentioned a couple of uh, the links and stuff that you guys can find all your stuff uh, early on in this interview, but let's just go through them real quick. Uh, where can people oh, okay. find out about Epic Levels as well as uh, the Mad Dungeon podcast? Sure. So um, you can find us on Instagram. It's epic underscore levels. We are also on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, uh, they do vary between epic levels, one word, epic underscore levels, but a quick search like that will pull it up pretty quickly. 
Also, uh, you can find our music on every streaming platform from Spotify to Apple Music to Amazon to whatever. And the same with the Mad Dungeon podcast is available on all podcast streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, whatever, you name it. Podcast Addict is one I love. Ooh, so I do love the Podcast Addict, too. That's my podcast of choice. Me too. Um, Excellent. The, the uh the website is epiclevelsrapgods.com and you can also listen to all of the episodes there as well as download all of the maps for free or if you want to buy one of the fancy ones they're in the shop there right next to uh Shelly's favorite liches be tripping t-shirt yeah and also we have our wizard of the coasters coasters oh yeah we forgot don't, to talk about those don't <laughs> <laughs> don't that don't come at us on any trademark D and D. Yeah, <laughs> but they're just a battle map uh, coaster. It's a coaster. You could put your drink on it, or you could put miniatures on it, or you could do both. Yeah, and, uh, multi-purpose. <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, need excellent. Those? So many fun things. I love that you're you're hustling on all of these levels, and uh, hopefully, people start downloading uh, more of those one-page adventures and runs them at cons. Yeah, like those are fun. so cool. Yeah, if anybody if anybody downloads them uh, and runs them, or if you guys run them, just shoot us a, a message. Let us know how much you hated it, or if you liked it, <laughs> how, much you, how much you liked it, or or hate it. Whatever, just uh, send us a comment. We love yeah. feedback, just make like sure you every tell creator. Them that works of art. Yeah, just tell me how much you hate my work. You guys, you're gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Buy the prints because they're awesome. Thanks both of you for coming on. This has been awesome. Uh, so uh, yeah, goodbye, Tiger Wizard. Goodbye. Uh, Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Shelly and Greg. This has been a wonderful time, guys. Yeah, so fun. You're the best. Epic levels. They are epic Epic. in their creativity from Atlanta. Great stuff. So much. And they do uh, output a lot and ask very little in return. So hopefully um, you check them out. You enjoy... um, their their cool art and their awesome one pagers and their music and their podcast and everything else go enjoy it is great there is something about the D fandom that just creates and supports uh the output of stuff right like i mean every dungeon master has got to create something even if it's not pages and pages like they were describing uh you know you always have to uh bring a story to life and i just love hearing from people that that yeah, go that extra yep. mile and show it share it with people it's so great yep yep check it all out um we have loved sharing all of our fun stuff here with you on this dragon talk episode if you want to follow me or Shelly and all the various projects and fun things that we are doing, I am at Greg Tito on Twitter and Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. Looking as as uh, uh, Steve kept alluding to, we're still making a short film called Ex Husband. Looking for more uh, fun, exciting people who want to jump in and help that initiative, as well as uh, our book, Welcome to Dragon yeah. Talk, is coming this fall and lots of other fun things in the hopper creatively what about you Shelly Moon? well I should have went first because <laughs> uh, you can just follow me at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram there's a new season of The Bachelorette coming so I'll probably be more active in my my socials and my my recaps are you, you writing recaps right now I will maybe nice 
if I'm inspired, I have to be inspired by the season. So. Mm. Can't just do it for no. everyone. No, I can't. Just for me. Well, one, I, I didn't tell you this. We, this is, we're doing this in the outros, but uh, 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 there is a reality show that I really love. Oh, my God. Is it? It's called So You Think You Can Dance, uh, which just came back on. And it is, I mean, it, it is a reality show, but it really, the, my favorite part of it is the dance. Is it, are uh, they like good dancers or is it like, they're oh, okay. So dancers. it's like one, like actually like a, a talent based reality show. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's eliminations and things like that. But that to me is often the boring part. For me, it really is just about like how they put together basically five or six dance numbers each show. And they've got lights, sound, the music is, you know, usually pop music that you know or, or have a, a connection to. And then the style of dance they do is just amazing. They go from every different thing. Um, yeah. And I end up just, you know, like, like me at a musical. Oh, I'm just like you crying cry? tears most of the time just, just, just watching. Oh, I will. So Quinn was started watching America's Got Talent. Mm. And um, there was a young performer, you know, like, you know, like, it's going to be a good performance when they do like that whole lead up package of like talking about like where they're from and how they, you know, were encouraged to do this. It was like, like a 13 year old girl and she mm. had some like struggle and, um, and then she opened her mouth to sing and it like her, it was like voice of an angel. And I looked over at Quinn and he had like tears coming down his cheeks. Oh. Like he gets so moved by, I've taken him to see like two or three plays in his life and he's cried at every one of them like he just gets so overwhelmed but Aww. i said oh like greg do you know that greg also gets very emotional when he sees theater I'm like it's that's a beautiful thing don't lose that and he was just like oh, sobbing it was it was beautiful my I sweet boy and that. then he he's lifted up his cheek and farted up <laughs> so and all of a sudden the yellow mustard monster. Oh, the devil's was, mustard. The devil's mustard is coming out of Wait, his eyes. It wasn't tears. We actually could do something with the, the mustard monster and the devil's mustard. Oh, my goodness. I'm wearing a mustard-colored shirt right now. There's okay. just uh, so Andrew many and Steve, in. we need to talk. I think we've got a good one-pager coming up. Ooh, yeah. I like That's that. his punishment. Or his his power <laughs> squirts yellow funk out and of his it's eyes. Like this poisonous gas oh, that comes out of the yeah. eyes. Oh, I love it. Well, speaking of fun, creative things we make up on the fly, let's see what's happening with Trunky Two Shoes. Oh my god, what is happening? So it's been a long, epic story of defeating a monstrously large doppelganger in its true form that was rampaging through Waterdeep in response to you breaking up their plot to take over the government. Uh, Laryl Silverhand, the open lord of Waterdeep, tasked you with this, and she has brought you back to Castle Waterdeep and has informed you that your brother, Daryl Two-Shoes, may have been sent to another plane through the use of one of her spells. Uh, The large doppelganger was going to fall on him, and she arrived just in time to cast a spell and send him to another plane of existence. And she left you in your waiting room uh, to find out, um, you know, get some rest. You have to have a long rest, so you spend... Uh, well, yeah, do you do anything in the room before you uh, go lay on the big four-post bed and, 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 and take a nap? A cat nap, as it mm, were? I, like, open all the drawers and the <laughs> closet, look under the bed. 
Just kind of. It's impeccably clean. Okay. Uh, the uh, servants either use magical means or uh, have a wonderful way of making sure there's no dust or dirt. Uh, every drawer you open up is empty. Um, this is uh, clearly used as a room for very important guests. So before, because um, I know I'm about to have a long rest, I'm going to like climb mm-hmm. to the top of the four-poster bed and I'm going to cast Featherfall on myself and just jump off a few times for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you don't necessarily have any slots left, I'll allow it uh, for this. Maybe you try to use the wand of wonder that you yes, still have on see. you. Uh, keep yeah. doing it until a feather fall comes. Yes, and you do, and you f- <laughs> float down uh, onto the bed, and you. Like, oh, just, then you I know, take a nice long cat nap. Spread your, uh, or do you curl up? Is it tabaxi? Do you? Oh you, yeah, you speak, I guess you curl up like I a might. cat. I feel like Drunky just doesn't do what you think she's going to do, so she's probably all splayed mm. out. All right. She's that weird cat that just yeah. uh, wants to stretch yep. out as much as she can yeah. and uh, be out there. That makes sense. All right. And so you sleep um, over the course of, uh, I mean, it was, it was uh, let's say, uh, late afternoon when you went down. And because of your exhaustion from all of the travails and adventures that you went on, you sleep a full uh, kind of 12, oh, 14 hours and wake up in the morning. Amazing. Morning sun streaming in through your room. And a uh, you hear you wake up to like a a, a knock on the door. Uh, who's that? You're still who's you're that? Still... Housekeeping. Mm, is there like a keyhole I can peek through? Uh, yeah. So you get up uh, off the bed, and there actually is a uh, um, a viewfinder through the the door in the center there. Okay. Like you can move it to the like a, it's got like a cover, and you can move it to the side and sleep out if you need okay. to. Okay. Like I'm gonna say, well, what time is checkout? Uh, it, uh, no checkout, just wanted to see if you needed oh, anything. Oh, you're so sweet. Uh, do you have a saucer of milk and maybe some more of those, uh, little crostinis that were on the, the table last night? Um, we don't have milk right now, but we can get some from the kitchen. Sure. If it's not too much trouble. Of course, mm. of course. You're, uh, you're the guest of our, uh, Lord. We will do, we have been... Tasked with doing whatever is at your convenience. Mm. I, um, can I do an insight check? Of course. I don't know what. Oh, I rolled a, oh no, that's a seven. I thought it was a one. Uh, Twelve. (laughs) Twelve total. Um, You get the sense that, uh, from a twelve, that, um, your uh, question in your head kind of pops up as to why would a, a person say housekeeping coming to uh, a door. Uh, like, this isn't an inn. It's not a tavern. Right. You kind of have that question kind of persistent in your brain. Uh, but you hear footsteps kind of go away as they uh, leave to uh, ostensibly get your milk for you. Okay, I'm going to slip out of the door and f- and okay. follow quietly behind. All right. Uh, so you, you do. You open up the door. Uh, roll me a stealth check. I was hoping you'd ask. I'm quite stealthy. Uh, critted it. 25. <gasps> wow. All right. So uh, you do you have all of your equipment with you? Or you just kind of... Well, I guess you fell asleep with your clothes on yeah. and all of your stuff with you. So you, would, you wouldn't necessarily not uh, have anything with you. So yeah, you uh, creep uh, and follow this figure as it goes uh, around and up a staircase... 
up a staircase. And you want to um, have a kitchen it, on the up continues to go up in a in a tower. It feels like it's a, it's a location you're not familiar with really with the layout of Castle Waterdeep, but you do see the that the person that you are following is continuing to go up, um, and you're fairly certain that you are undetected as you do so. And we'll find out what happens what at the top of this. That tower. they say mm-hmm. about curiosity and the cat. We shall oh find dear. out more about that, shall we? Oh dear. Good thing you have all your spell slots, so you might be able to cast a feather phone uh, and knock out the tower. Oh, that would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a D and D dungeon master would never put you in danger. Never. That's crazy. Nice. Thank you.